new concerns over maintaining the integrity of data, and a fresh approach to help secure medical devices. These stories and more coming up on the ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro. Integrity is one of the three core foundations of cybersecurity, along with confidentiality and availability. And the basic principle of cybersecurity wasn't lost on the presenters and attendees at the just-concluded RSA Security Conference in San Francisco. Data Breach Today editor Matthew Schwartz was in San Francisco, and he joins me. Hi, Matt. Hello, Eric. The impact of the leaked information from the Russian hacks during the past U.S. presidential election and the proliferation of fake news is having an impact on the integrity of data, right? Eric, one of the most interesting recurring themes I heard at RSA concerned the integrity of data. Now, this was broached in multiple ways, but it was put most eloquently by Intel Security's Chris Young, who noted that in 2016, when he was keynoting the RSA conference, he had presented the hypothetical scenario of what if attackers disrupted a U.S. election. And Young said that while he doesn't contest the current election, it is interesting to note that the role that data and the veracity of data played in that election. And put your politics aside. Data is more now than just 24-hour news cycles or election campaigns. It's becoming the bedrock of our economy. Every day, billions of decisions are made across millions and millions of organizations, leveraging big data models. And because we now rely increasingly on big data analytics to make decisions, we have to pay a lot more attention to the integrity of the small data that goes into those models. Because if it's manipulated, it can now be turned into a weapon. And that weapon can be pointed right back against us. One of the principal takeaways for me about what Young was talking about was a phrase that he said that data drives decisions, but decisions are driven by data. So when you mess with the data, what does that do to the decision-making process? That was a really great formulation for the pernicious and pervasive challenges we face when people mess with data. In his 2016 RSA keynote, Young warned us that something like this could happen. Why weren't we better prepared? That's a question that continues to dog the Democratic National Committee in particular, since it had its data stolen and leaked. When we're looking at this, there was an interesting historical perspective brought in by the annual RSA cryptographers panel. As in years past, this was an excellent discussion. It covered a variety of topics, no holds barred. And Israeli cryptographer Adi Shamir, he's the S in the RSA, asymmetric cryptographic algorithm, said that this is far from the first time in which a nation has interfered in the election of another nation. Well, I'm shocked, shocked by what uh, the Russians have been doing. Let's remember that uh, they're not alone. Shamir offered one example from 1956 when a Khrushchev speech denouncing Stalin, who was then dead, was leaked, possibly by the CIA and Mossad. And this influenced uh, public opinion in uh, Eastern Europe to such an extent that just a few months after it was uh, leaked to uh, the WikiLeaks of that time, namely uh, the New York Times, uh, it... <laughs> In February 56, uh, there was the revolution in Hungary, which was directly influenced by uh, these revelations. Now, messing with an election sometimes has long-term results, sometimes has short-term results. Here's cryptographer Susan Landau of Worcester Polytechnic Institute. 
you can't be effective against an autocratic government. This kind of attack works best against democracies and against open societies, wired societies. So it will, it will have an impact in other countries, but it won't be a worldwide. And now it is actually a strategy by the Russians to attack the US and the West by war by other means. So when you look at the hacking of the DNC, the techniques for the hacking are old-fashioned techniques, but the way the information was used was a new way, the drip, drip, drip of the emails coming out, which had a tremendous effect on the election, you know, one that we haven't been able to quantify. Now we've got civic organizations, think tanks and universities that were attacked by the Russians during this past election, and that's a much broader swath of society that we have to protect. With all this going on, what is the role of the IT security professional Cybersecurity experts need to get involved. They can't decry lawmakers' bad policies any further, is what Bruce Schneier said. Technologists need to get involved in policy discussions. We need to be on congressional staffs, in federal agencies, at NGOs, part of the press, because getting it right means having our expertise. And this is a lot bigger than security. We need to build a viable career path for public interest technologists, just like there is right now for public interest attorneys. If we don't do that, bad policy happens to us. Schneier said, look, we need technologists. Lawmakers are going to write bad laws unless they're getting good advice. If they get good advice, they can write better laws, laws that will address such things as the Internet of Things, and that includes driverless cars in the future, laws that will address the going dark problem. We saw the big Apple FBI debate last year, and Schneier said it was a perfect example of policymakers and of technologists talking past each other. He said we need to get involved much earlier in the process and help build through policy the kind of technology world that we want to live in. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. The healthcare IT conference known as HIMSS is underway in Orlando, Florida. And our woman on the scene is Healthcare Info Security Executive Editor, Marianne Kolbesak-McGee. Marianne caught up with Dale Nordenberg to discuss one of the hot security topics at HIMSS, securing medical devices. Nordenberg is Executive Director of the Medical Device Information Safety and Security Consortium. The consortium recently launched an initiative called the Medical Device Vulnerability Intelligence Program for Evaluation and Resource. MD Viper, as it's known, is a collaborative effort between the consortium and the National Health Information Security Analysis Center, or NHISAC. Nordenberg explains that MD Viper is finely tuned for supporting the reporting of vulnerabilities that comply with conditions spelled out in the Food and Drug Administration's recent guidance for post-market cybersecurity for medical devices. Any stakeholder is welcome to report to MD Viper. It's critical that the manufacturer be notified about all vulnerabilities because it falls on the manufacturer to have the responsibility to evaluate the vulnerability from the perspective of clinical safety and patient harm. So we strongly encourage researchers, uh, hospitals, uh, any other stakeholder who discovers a vulnerability to go directly and immediately to the manufacturer to report it. However, MD Viper is fully available for anyone who wants to report a vulnerability and can facilitate the sharing of that vulnerability uh, with manufacturers in an immediate time frame to facilitate the appropriate evaluation for clinical safety and patient harm. 
Ultimately, MD Viper is about facilitating collaboration, data sharing, and to facilitate between FDA, ICS CERT, researchers, manufacturers, health systems, the appropriate sharing of cybersecurity related information as quickly as possible in a safe and secure way to protect all stakeholders and promote patient and population safety. Nornenberg tells McGee that MD Viper is distinctive as a tool to help mitigate cyber risk. While cyber could put other populations at risk, maybe transportation, maybe chemical, maybe energy, nuclear, to our knowledge, no other national system that's been created to survey from a cyber perspective and then to ultimately link that to the uh, protection of populations in in a traditional public health way. Nordenberg says MD Viper, along with new FDA rules on post-market cybersecurity of medical devices, should facilitate the creation of best practices and the sharing of cybersecurity vulnerabilities among healthcare organizations. By creating a culture of reporting and transparency, we will now have the ability to deploy those traditional continuous improvement processes to improve the quality of medical devices vis-a-vis cybersecurity vulnerabilities, and then to help improve the not just the quality of the devices themselves, but then to allow healthcare systems through that transparency to build the safest, most secure networks they can, leveraging that cybersecurity-related information. Finally, in the United States, data breach regulations are mostly governed by the states. Now, New York State is getting ahead of other states by toughening cybersecurity regulations on banks, insurers, and other financial institutions. ISMG Security and Technology Editor Jeremy Kirk explains. New York has become the first state to impose a cybersecurity regulation on financial institutions and insurers. It opens the possibility other states could follow with their own regulations to strengthen cybersecurity defenses. New York's regulation will come into effect on March 1st. It comes after continuing frustration over data breaches and concern whether private industry is moving fast enough. The regulation includes requirements that institutions retain a chief information security officer report cybersecurity incidents within 72 hours, and use multi-factor authentication. After input from private industry, the state eased off some of its more prescriptive proposals. Those included a sweeping definition of what constitutes non-public information and specific requirements for technology vendors. Luke Demboski, a partner with the Washington, D.C.-based law firm Debevoix & Plimpton, says the regulation will still be challenging for some organizations to implement. He says it's one of the most comprehensive cybersecurity regulations in the financial sector. Many of the rules dictated by New York are items that at least large financial institutions are likely already doing. Organizations must develop a cybersecurity program, including a written policy that addresses aspects such as access control, business continuity, asset inventory, and data governance. The CISO should send a report at least annually to the organization's board of directors. An organization's cybersecurity program should also include a periodic risk assessment plus annual penetration tests. Encryption should be used for data in transit and at rest. Organizations should also develop a written incident response plan. The Washington, D.C.-based trade group, the American Bankers Association, says that while the regulation takes a risk-based approach, which it supported, it will add a significant burden to banks. The group is also concerned that institutions haven't been given enough time to make changes. Domboski tells me that the regulation adds to a disparate but mostly voluntary patchwork of regulatory frameworks, both in the U.S. and abroad. He says it's possible that other states may look to New York to develop their own regulations. 
but the risk is that organizations may focus too much on ticking boxes for compliance, which doesn't necessarily make for better security. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk. That's the ISMG Security Report. Our theme is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Eric Chabro. Catch you next time. Thank you.